Welcome to another episode of The Last Shot NBA Show here on Little Birdie TV. This is the show where if you do an amazing dunk, we will definitely not call an offensive foul on you. And as usual, this show is brought to you by our good friends at topsport.com.au. And it is a Friday morning, so we welcome old mate Benyam Kadane from NBA Australia. BK, what is happening, mate? We're not we're not calling charges on, on dunks like that. Give, let, give my man and his dunks. What are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> How ridiculous was that call? Like Anthony Edwards, I don't know if everyone saw it or not, but one of the most amazing dunks that we've seen this season, last couple of seasons for sure as well. Um, tried to do a Vince Carter and jump over a man's head and the referees called an offensive foul on that. That was terrible, terrible, hey, terrible call. Uh, reminiscent of, I think Jamal Murray had one uh, either last season or the season before. I think it might have been in the bubble actually. We had a big poster like that, and they called an offensive foul. I thought the unwritten rule was if it's a highlight, you look, you got to let that fly. <laughs> yeah, that I don't know who that referee was, but it must have been the <laughs> first day on the job. You totally forgot about that rule. BK, we've got a lot to go through today. Let's go around the NBA um, and just talk about some of the hot topics. LeBron James made his return yesterday after a one-game suspension. The Lakers got the win. Big uh, game from LeBron James. But he had a little bit to say about the uh, suspension afterwards. Um, he said it was a box out in the free throw line. His elbow got kind of high. If you watch the film, it got me off balance a little bit. I tried to swing down on his arm. And when I swung down on his arm, he got off balance and the left side of my hand grazed his face. Um, you know, he goes on to admit that, you know, he he tried to apologize afterwards to uh, Isaiah Stewart. Um BK, you know, I said this on the show with Christian the other day. It could be a, a, an unpopular take, but I, I don't think that he intended – look, he intended to make contact. Let's not joke around or, or try to you know lie about that. I just don't think he – it was inadvertent contact to the face. I think he was trying to get him off and maybe hit him in the chest or something like that. Um, so, look, do you think that one-game suspension was uh, was warranted, BK? I think the one game suspension was probably fair just given everything that happened after the uh <laughs> after the uh the foul. The actual foul itself, like you could see that it wasn't necessarily like a violent act or anything. Like he was just trying to hit that box out, but at the end of the day, he did collect him in the face. There was a lot of blood. There was a fight afterwards. When you put all that together, you're like, ah, one game, that's you know, that's kind of fair enough. Stuart, he two games for him, he he kind of kicked things off in that uh that melee. Uh, to be honest, I, I wasn't that, you know too perturbed by any of the suspensions. One and two games in, a, in an 82-game season is nothing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, Isaiah Stewart will definitely not be sending LeBron any Thanksgiving greetings today, that's for sure. Uh, something else that happened yesterday, a bit of a milestone for Kevin Durant, passed Allen Iverson for 25th in the all-time scoring list uh, for the NBA, had 21 points in a 123-99 win over Boston, now has 24,388 points for his career, 20 more than Iverson, uh, will likely pass Ray Allen, um, you know, who's 24th with 24,505 over the next few weeks as well. After the game, he said, it means the world. I dedicated to my life. I dedicated my life to this game at an early age. So I watched all these guys that I'm passing up. You know, Iverson, he was the pantheon for me. Um, BK, what an achievement for KD. And also when you take into the fact you know, consider the fact that he missed a season with that Achilles injury. Um, he could have already been a lot higher, couldn't he? 
Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things when you look at where he is now on the on the all time list, the potential for him to to really kind of be up there when it's all said and done, just given the efficiency that he shoots the ball with, the longevity that his career is likely to have. I mean, he's, you know, north of 30 now, still playing, you know, the best basketball of his career. So to me, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, Kevin Durant, like his, his top 10, like that's that's on the horizon for him. Like he's putting up, you know, two, two and a half thousand points a season. Like he can, he can get there pretty quickly. Well, he's averaging 28.1 on the season right now. And if you sort of continue at that average for the rest of the season, assuming he plays every single game, um, he should pass by my calculations anyway. And I wasn't the best at math, but uh, <laughs> he should pass Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett in 18th spot um, this season. And then, like you said, after that, assuming he stays healthy and continues to play at this level, that top 10 is, is definitely within his reach. Uh, another person that got a bit of a milestone yesterday, and it was uh, the good people at NBA Australia, like yourself, they kind of broke this uh, statistic about Josh Giddy joining a rare club as one of only three teenagers to rack up 100 assists, uh, 100 rebounds, and it was 100, uh, that was it, wasn't it? 100, point, 100 assists and 100 rebounds in the first 20 games. Uh, the other two were LaMelo Ball and LeBron James. That's correct. Yeah, shout out to uh, to Kyle Irving over at NBA.com for his uh, his rookie ladder. Um, had that in there, and, uh, and 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 a pretty interesting stat. Just given we sort of look at Giddy as this big guard, and and, and that kind of just tells the story there to get 100, 100 rebounds and hundred assists uh, in his first twenty games. The fact that there's only two other teenagers that have done that, and two of them are from the NBL's next stars program, which yeah. is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, which I think speaks volumes about the NBL and and the kind of league that they've sort of you know, had over the last few years that's enabled them to produce a couple of good talents like that. But my question to you, BK, is we've got a nice little sample size of Josh Giddy right now. Um, are we maybe underrating him? You know what? I don't think that's crazy because every game that I watch Josh Giddy, I'm seeing something different. I mean, yesterday there was a couple of those moves to the basket where he had the Rondo fake, there's a spin move, there's a reverse layup, like, you can sort of see his bag kind of unfolding uh, game to game. So, I mean, I think, you know, he's he's been pretty consistent, you know, in terms of being in terms of like the fourth best rookie all throughout the season. Um, and he, he's shooting definitely, you know, went through that slump over the last sort of couple of weeks. But he had that game uh, a couple, couple of days back where he hit, you know, four from six. Um, and that was his best performance of the season. So we're sort of starting to see different parts of his game uh, sort of come together. So I'm, I'm excited because... The playmaking and the rebounding has been there, but now we're sort of starting to see the scoring uh, come into the mix. So it's uh, it's it's an exciting time for OKC fans uh, getting to watch him cook. It's only been 19 games, 18 games into his uh, into his NBA career as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's the amazing thing. I mean, we spoke about, I remember the first show that we did um, of the last shot and we were talking about his composure and how composed he was for a 19-year-old. And I think as the season's going on more and more and you're seeing more of that, yes, I mean, even yesterday, he hit that shot to beat the buzzer, the halftime buzzer. But just a, sort of that, you know, the wherewithal and, and the presence of mind and the composure to know, all right, clock's ticking down, you know, threw it up there, made it. Um, you know, I think Josh Giddy is he's got the potential to be one of the best NBA, Australian NBA players, I believe. Uh, I think it's him and, and Simmons. Once we see Simmons back on the court, I think we'll probably be the top two. Uh, one guy that is probably the greatest male Australian basketball player of all time right now, having a fantastic season, Paddy Mills, BK, uh, having his greatest five-game stretch 
averaging 20 points over his last six games, shooting 50% on the season from three-point range, 75% of his his points are coming from beyond the arc uh, this season. Now, you and I picked Paddy for sixth man of the year at the, uh, the start of the season. He's starting a lot of games, BK, and <laughs> I think you and I might have to uh, readjust our six-man prediction because I don't think he's going to be a sixth man. Look, he's playing as good as any six-man of the year contender, but like you said, it's he's going to start too many games. I don't know if the situation in uh, in Brooklyn is any closer to resolving itself with Kyrie Irving, so they're, they're kind of rolling at the moment too. They've been good with Patty in the uh, in the starting lineup, and, and and someone brought this up on Twitter yesterday, and they were like, in, in year 13 for Patty. At age 33, is this the best Patty Mills we've seen in the NBA? Yeah, I actually saw I saw that. And then I also saw the counter-argument where people were kind of saying that, you know, we talk about the Spurs system and Greg Popovich and all that sort of stuff. But they were like, was Greg Popovich holding Patty Mills back? <laughs> the system was a prison. They got a free. Am <laughs> 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 yeah. my man Cook? Yeah, Patty's free and, yeah, and he's playing like Boomer's Patty now. Um, he has drifted, though, in the odds, BK. Let's take a look at some of the odds for sixth man of the year. Tyler Hero, big, big favorite, Ooh. having a great season, $1.65 there. Clarkson, last year's winner, $22. Buddy Heald, $31. Brunson, $31. Melo, $34. I-, I actually wouldn't mind putting a little bit of money on that because I think if he continues to be one of the Lakers' best players, there could be some value in that one there. Um, and then Paddy Mills has drifted. He was... $11 to start the season. He's out to $56 now, BK. And, and I think that's, you know, like you said, the form warrants it, you know, the sixth man of the year, but he's going to be starting too many games. So I think that's a big reason why he's drifted. And old mate Joey Ingles drifted out there to $67. So uh, let's do a quick readjustment of our sixth man of the year <laughs> predictions. Uh, BK, who are you going with? Uh, look, the safe money's on on Tyler Harrow, but if you the smart money could be on Carmelo Anthony because if the Lakers start hooping again, he's been playing really well, and the Lakers are just on TV and on social media all the time. Like the exposure the Lakers get uh, night tonight. Even Alex Caruso was saying that he was, he was saying since he left the Lakers, he just kind of realized now how much the Lakers get every highlight played. So you throw in the narrative of of a farewell season for Carmelo plus the Lakers. That, that could be the perfect remedy, but uh, but Tyler Hero at $1.60 probably makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I, I wouldn't mind throwing a few dollars on Carmelo at 34 because, like you said, I think he's probably been the Lakers' maybe ooh, third best player this year or at least third most consistent. Definitely, um, definitely. So, you know, wouldn't mind a few dollars on him at $34. All right, BK, this, the Houston Rockets. They're bad, man. They've been bad, but they snapped a uh, a long, long, long losing streak yesterday. I believe it was 15 games, wasn't it? Uh, and surprisingly, they got a win over the Chicago Bulls, 118 to 113. One without Jalen Green playing, but they're still on pace to be the losingest team in NBA history. Um, BK, that's not a record they want, but is it a record they're going to get? Hey, shout out to the 2012 Charlotte Bobcats. That was, yeah. uh, <laughs> seven, seven wins is tough, but um, it's 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 a funny one with the Rockets because they are so committed to this youth movement, and we saw it in their offseason moves. They they drafted four guys uh, in the first round, so they've got a bunch of 19 year olds running around out there. But when you see a guy like John Wall just sitting in street clothes making 
44 M's doing zero. You're like, this guy can help. Like, he can help you win games. And I know that's not what the Rockets want this season. They're, they're not interested in winning games. But, I mean, you got you got to save face a little bit, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm with you. And the way I'm looking at it now is it's like, even if you bring John Wall back, like, he's not going to win that many more games for you by himself with that roster. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't think it's going to hurt what they're trying to achieve and what they're trying to achieve is to lose games. It'll it'll stop them being down 20 in the opening quarter at least, you know? Like they'll, they'll yeah, at least be yeah. able to compete. At least make it half competitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BK, there's actually no games on today because it is Thanksgiving in the US. So no basketball games, a lot of NFL played uh, on Thanksgiving in America. But we're going to take a look at some games for tomorrow, just some fun little matchups. Um, we're going to take a look at the Suns at the Knicks tomorrow morning. Suns riding that 14-game winning streak headed into MSG. Uh, Knicks looked good early against the Lakers the other day, but then started doing Knicks things towards the end and made that game a lot closer than it should have been, BK. But uh, who do you like in that game tomorrow morning? I think the Suns are going to keep rolling. They've, uh, they've got historical win streaks on the line. I think in 06, 07, they had a 15-game and a 17-game win streak. So a win tomorrow would... Uh, would bring them to 15. So they're, they're close. They're close to history. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Suns. All right. You're still, you know what? I'm going to go with an upset. And it could be a little bit of New York bias, but I'm going to go with the upset. <laughs> I think the Knicks are going to win that one at home tomorrow. Uh, we've also got the Hawks and the Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies are playing at about 500 ball right now. Hawks surging though, BK. They've won six in a row. Look like they're finally clicking. Uh, who do you like in that one there? Yeah, the big men for the Hawks have been uh, have been huge. John Collins and uh, and Clint Capella uh, have, have really made the difference in this run. But uh, this one's going to be all about Trey versus Jar. This is this is the point yeah. guard matchup. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Hawks. I like uh, I, I like the streak. Let's uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. There, I'm going with the Hawks as well. Uh, another fun game: Bucks at the Nuggets. Uh, all of a sudden, Bucks are healthy. Five game winning streak. Denver is walking wounded. We've talked about this, you know, over the last couple of shows. Um, I think Bucks win this one very easily. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so too. The, the Bucks are figuring things out uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, and then we've got the Trailblazers and the Warriors. The Blazers, surprise losers to the, uh, I was going to say Sydney Kings, the Sacramento Kings. It would have been a big shock <laughs> if they lost to the Sydney Kings. Um, Dame Lillard logged 40 minutes. You know, he's going to have to play 40 minutes for these guys to sort of have a, you know, a chance every single night. Warriors are cruising. Um, I think Warriors in this one here. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I, I liked what I saw from uh, from Steph and the Warriors against uh, against the 76ers. I'm still not convinced by the Trailblazers, even though they've had a little bit of a, a mini resurgence. But uh, I'll stick with uh, I'll stick with Steph and the uh, and the best team in the NBA record wise. And the last game we're going to have a look at is the Clippers and the Detroit Pistons. And we've got the odds for that one over here. The Clippers are dollar fourteen favorites. Detroit six dollars fifty. The lines at an eleven and a half, and the totals at two oh seven. Now it will be live on NBA League Pass. Uh, BK, I mentioned this the other day as well. You know, Cade Cunningham playing well, had a triple double just recently too. But uh, the Clippers, I think for me, yeah, put your money on them. Yeah, I think it'll be a similar situation to what we saw uh, against the Lakers. I mean, the, the the Lakers were you know ten points down in the in the third quarter. The Pistons will compete. 
uh, with the young guys that they have. But I think ultimately the uh, the Clippers will get the uh, get the W there. Yeah, they just don't have the uh, the firepower. I think the hangover full forty eight, especially against the team that's got Paul George on there. All right, BK, that's it for us for this episode. We'll see you again on Monday. I know you've got a nice relaxing weekend coming up, so go and enjoy that with uh, with uh, your friends. We'll be back on Monday with another episode. This has been the Last Shot NBA show here on Little Birdie TV, brought to you by our good friends at topsport.com.au, and we'll see you in a couple of days.